It's a beautiful scene in that gospel where the leper, who as you know had been sort of excluded from the people, they lived out in a leper colony, and when they came anywhere near people, they had to sort of shout out, unclean, unclean. So he lived in that sort of environment, excluded from people. And now he presses into Jesus. It's beautiful where he is not afraid to come and he kneels before the Lord. And the Lord should have, if he was acting like any Jewish person at that time, sort of get away from me. I don't want to touch you because you'll be, you're contagious. But instead, he said that the Lord reached out to him. Because the man had said to him, if you want to, you can heal me. And Jesus' response was in reaching out and touching him. It's important to notice that touch of the Lord because he was leprous. And it was understood in those days, if you touch a leper, then you'll incur the disease yourself. And he says, of course I want to. That's why I've come. Sometimes I've felt like that leper when I have sinned. Because sin is like a leprosy in the soul. These days, thanks, thankfully, we've got a a healing for Hansen's disease. But where does the healing for the leprosy of the soul come from? Well, of course, from Jesus. He came not only to bring bodily healing, but the bodily healing was always a sign of something deeper that he was offering us. Freedom from sin. Because sin is the deepest leprosy of the soul. It's a distortion within that's far more deadly for the human person than some sort of contagious diseases. You know, we got very worried, didn't we, uh, during the time of COVID, and still are to some degree, huh? Trying to protect ourselves. But you know, it's interesting, a person could have like a significant heart disease within them or some cancer within them, they don't know. They're not in touch sufficiently to know that. When they find out from the doctor that maybe after we've looked at the, the, what's shown up, we say, oh my goodness. All of a sudden you realize there's a problem. So my point is that there's many of us walking around with a deep problem in the soul, somewhat undiagnosed by ourselves. And the Lord wants to show us what's really happening inside of ourselves. It's a significant word, isn't it, that word sin. We don't like to talk about it as it were. But it's actually very real. The sinfulness of heart. Down through the whole tradition of the church, there's been reference to the, the, the seven so-called deadly sins seven capital sins, because they're the source of every other sin. And the understanding is that everybody suffers to some degree or other from these distortions, these inner sicknesses of heart. 
Me too, all of us. Right? And so it's very important to have a good diagnosis. We're about to enter into Lent and we ask the Holy Spirit to give us a good diagnosis so we can have the healing that Jesus brings when he touches us in the sacrament of reconciliation. So we, what are they? Well, of course, it's lust. Lust is very real. It's all around us these days. And it affects our soul, uh, where it's a distortion of the beautiful attraction that we have to others sexually, but it becomes a distortion. Uh, and self-centered, that's a deep problem, isn't it? And then, of course, there's um, gluttony, overeating, overdrinking, you know, not serving our body well in that way. There's, um, of course, uh, greed. You know, we're living in a sort of society which is very much um, about what I can have. I want, need this, I want that, I've got to have that. If I don't have that, I won't be satisfied. And it can lead to a sort of a greed in the, in the soul that um, can kill us in, deeply. Uh, where we most need to be set free. Then, of course, there's um, sloth, which is really more like a sort of a, I do everything that's not what I'm meant to be doing. <laughs> I find myself sort of getting distracted by this and that, and I don't get myself into the right place with God. Right? And then, of course, there's envy, which is really f sensing myself, uh, I feel overshadowed by the glory of somebody else and so I despise it, you know, because they're ascending and I feel I'm descending as a result of it. So that's uh, another big problem and, and anger, of course. There can be hot anger where we just rage or there can be cold anger where there's a deep resentment in the heart towards someone. And there can be pride, of course. Pride is the deepest root of all, the deepest significant problem. So it's important, isn't it, that we actually get in touch with that side of ourselves, not to sort of feel condemned, because there's no condemnation in the heart of God. There was no condemnation of Jesus at that leper. No, he simply wanted him to, of course I want to, I want you to be healed. You see, the leper came kneeling before him. And that's how we need to be as well. And before Jesus said, of course I want to, he actually said, it says that he was moved deeply. And in fact, if you look at the Greek, it's like he was wrenched in his guts as he saw the plight of this man. Now Jesus is wrenched in his guts when you or I carry sin within ourselves. That leprosy of soul that's not seen by others, but it's there all the same. And sometimes, of course, people see the effects of it, the way we sort of act and all that type of thing. But it can be hidden. And Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin. He came to give us new life. He came to give us salvation. And the greatest salvation that the world needs is salvation from sin. See, a lot of people are diagnosing these days what the problem of the world is. And of course, they say, well, like, we just need a uh, <clears throat> you know, better uh, communication system or we need better uh, uh, social analysis, or we might need better education, uh, we might need better political uh, 
solutions, all sorts of ways in which we think that we'll make the better world, and they're all very good. But underneath it all, there's a deep problem in the human heart. Look at the wars that are raging at the moment. I mean, what's the deepest problem? The deepest problem is sin. You know, and, and how are we going to be changed? How is the world going to change? It's only going to change through conversion, through the Spirit of God convicting people of their pride and their anger and their bitterness and their revenge and their hatred and repenting of it. That's what God wants to do with each one of us, and it starts with each one of us. We can point the finger at the, the, all the other people out there. You know, but these false solutions are, are not going to work if, they, if they're seen to be the ultimate solution. The ultimate solution is what God has done in coming to us himself, saving us in Jesus Christ. He hung on the cross for our sake. He took the sin of the world upon himself and broke its power. But we have to plug into that. And a beautiful way to plug into it is through the sacrament of reconciliation. It's a beautiful gift that's given to us in the church where Jesus will reach out and touch you and bring you freedom. You know, I've found that again and again in my own uh, personal life, uh, you know, um, as priests, we're not allowed, of course, to talk about what happens in the sacrament of reconciliation. <laughs> but we can tell stories about before and after. <laughs> well, I was in a, a, a um, different country, and we'd had a weekend experience, and then we were hearing people's confessions. And I was in the confessional room, I was sitting in a chair, and the woman came in. She was beautifully dressed uh, in her own costumes, etc. <clears throat> and she, she had beautiful hair down to her shoulders. And I looked at her face and it was beautiful too, but I could see there was great pain. And so she came to I was on the chair, and she knelt down before me to go to the sacrament. But then, to my great surprise, she bent down and began kissing my feet. Well, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and I could feel her tears on my sandaled toes. And my first thought in my humanity was, oh my goodness, she'll smell my sandals. <laughs> but she wasn't about that. She was going through a moment of deep repentance for the sin of her life. And she eventually, after a while, quite a long while, she knelt up and she knelt before me and she confessed. Then at the end of that, of course, I gave her the absolution. And then something happened that was very beautiful. She took my hands in her hands and she looked into my eyes with a, a new look like that troubled face was gone, she was liberated, she was set free. There was just a whole new experience she was having of the joy of the Lord. And she just simply said to me, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I knew she wasn't just thanking me, she didn't know me. She was thanking Christ, who she had met in the priest. And I remember thinking, Lord, if you'd only ordain me a priest just for that, that'd be enough. But of course, there's many more. It's a beautiful gift to be able to come and bear your soul in the sacrament. 
All of us have some degree of leprosy or some heart disease, call it what you like. All of us can come humbly and say, Lord, I need your healing. I need you to set me free. That pattern of sin that's in my life, I need to break it. I need your power and I repent of it. I turn back to you. I need you, Lord, to touch into the deepest part of my heart and set me free. It's a beautiful gift when that happens. You allow the Lord to do that to you and open you up just as he did to that leper. And you know, another young fellow, I remember coming, and um, he had all the young men sort of stuff, of course, and he came in and um, knelt before me and again in a reconciliation room and uh, poured it all out. Uh, and then, of course, we talked about it all and gave him the absolution. And after the absolution happened, he jumped up, <laughs> to my great surprise. He started jumping around the room. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And, I, and then, to my great surprise further, he, he almost fell on me, put his arms around me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a bit awkward. And, um, but he was celebrating, you see, because repentance is... A painful thing, of course, when you acknowledge the truth of what's in your heart. But it's also a wonderful grace of joy when you're set free and you're liberated. Like this, this man who Jesus had healed. He, he couldn't, Jesus said, oh, don't tell anyone. He couldn't stop telling people because he was so full of joy that he'd been set free. So it's Lent, Lent's coming up. It may be a good time to... Now think about the sacrament of reconciliation. Think about how you can really just face the truth of what's in your heart that's not working right. What's in your soul that's really distorting who you should be as a person. One of those seven major disorders that I mentioned, which one is, is the one that's dominant in your life? And then not, not to feel beaten by that. We're not meant to feel over, overwhelmed and beaten, but rather we, we come knowing the victory has already been won in Jesus. And he took our sins upon himself on the cross and he put, the, put it to death. He, he gave a new power to humanity. And oh dear, I wish so many more people would realize this, that the real power for change that has come into the world is through Jesus Christ, uh, who saves us from the power of sin. You see, the deepest problem of the world is sin. You know, when the Titanic was first uh, launched in, from uh, birth in England, someone wrote on the, back, on the side of it, um, even God couldn't sink this ship. But then you know what happened, huh? Uh, it ran into the iceberg. But you see, if you're on that Titanic and there's an iceberg, that you've hit an iceberg, if someone was just rearranging the deck chairs to try and fix the problem, <laughs> that'd be a bit dumb wouldn't it <laughs> and sometimes I think all of our efforts to try and fix the problem in the world are a bit dumb in a way if we think that's how we're going to fix it the deepest problem is there's a hole in the hull it's called sin and unless we deal with that we don't, we, unless the Lord deals with it we allow him to deal with it he's already done it but we have to accept it we have to allow it to happen in our lives where he can bring change to us in a new way and set us free. So let's in this Mass then just really open up ourselves to the Lord and uh, maybe take that opportunity when you can.
Jesus waits for you. And he can't wait to say, of course I want to. Be healed, receive the power you need for the change that most needs to happen in your life and the depth of your heart. And bless his name. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.